Knowledge on the Go, the podcast brought to you by the Performance Improvement Collaboratives and Knowledge Transfer teams here at Vizient. I'm Kelly Randall, Knowledge Transfer Director and your program host. Today, we're digging deeper into implementing opioid stewardship programs. Lives were being lost day after day in our cities and our communities, and we needed to do something differently. Amanda Hayes is a PharmD and Director of Medication Safety and Effectiveness at BJC Healthcare. As we looked across the system, we realized that we already had a best practice in one of our hospitals. In the St. Louis region, it's, it's been a significant problem. We had 4,000 combined deaths, or a lot of those deaths have been concentrated. So it's, it's been a challenge. It's been a high priority for our system. Our leadership has really uh, bought in and, and made it a priority for us. That's Jordan Shapiro, business process consultant in the healthcare informatics department at BJC. BJC is a 15-hospital system. They have a medical group and a behavioral health program. Work around opioid stewardship was already underway before they joined Vizient's Opioid Stewardship Collaborative. When we first joined the Vizient Collaborative, our first task was really to inventory of what our care sites were doing. Our challenge was to really identify what was going on and the areas we really wanted to focus. And this stood out to us as an area that um, we thought that the rest of the system would benefit from. Amanda describes one team whose efforts stood out for its unique partnerships and its promise. We had some providers who are really committed to thinking differently, and I think it probably grew out of a bit of frustration that they didn't have a good path for these patients that they were seeing uh, coming in, you know, sometimes multiple times a week with overdoses. And so they were slightly frustrated with that status quo. So they were looking for a new solution. And at the same time, um, some money had come into our state to fund, from a grant perspective, um, the use of recovery coaches. So they together connected the dots and started the program, which is known as the EPIC or EPIC with two Cs. It's known as the Engaging Patients in Care Coordination Program. The ED was also a key entry point. Um, for patients who had addiction and also presented an opportunity to, instead of just limiting prescribing, also direct people to treatment that they needed. So Barnes Jewish Hospital had started working towards initiation of medication uh, therapy within the emergency department through a partnership with Behavioral Health Network. Through that partnership, they provided the opportunity to have a peer recovery coach come to the patient at the time uh, just after an overdose in the emergency department. And as we learned about that program, then we started to think about other populations. Our, or the remainder of our emergency departments, how would we take that forward and roll it across all of our hospitals so that no matter where patients came, that they had that same opportunity to be talked to friend to friend, peer to peer, and say, there is another way and the path to recovery will be hard and long, but we believe that you can get there. The quicker they could connect them to a peer recovery coach, someone to kind of speak the same language, and the quicker they could get them into follow-up treatment, uh, the more likely they were to be successful. Amanda and Jordan call the recovery coaches the secret sauce to the success of their opioid stewardship efforts. So our recovery coaches have life experience. They have recovered themselves. Um, to be a recovery coach through the Behavioral Health Network, they have, a ha have to have a couple years uh, in recovery. And so they really can say, I've been there. And they also, I think, helped, you know, develop the program and say, the lowest of the low for me was when I was in the emergency department. The recovery coach then helps connect the next handoff to treatment and takes them from getting the initial prescription in the emergency department and administration of those meds to uh, a longstanding uh, relationship with an outside provider who's able to continue uh, the comprehensive treatment necessary for these patients. Yeah, I think, I think it's a two-pronged approach. So I think the EPIC program, not only does it set someone up with a pure recovery coach, but it, it is also the beginning of the medication-assisted treatment. 
Um, and so it, it's really taking both. Developing and spreading this type of pathway has more than its usual share of hurdles. I think one of the biggest challenges really was just navigating the prescribing side of this. Um, it has been a challenge. Um, there are rules and regulations that exist that, from a policy perspective, do make it difficult um, to both provide the services that we need to while managing all the regulatory landscape. And additionally, there's some perspectives about what pharmacists can and can't do in this space, what medications we can dispense, do individuals have to be wavered, um, how do we keep the medical record contained appropriately. Um, so those have definitely been challenges. On the harm reduction side of this, it's been even more challenging. Um, you know, some of the harm reduction efforts in some communities that we've seen successful include providing needles to individuals with addiction that are not ready to start treatment. And that is incredibly controversial. And I think that's something that, you know, we continue to uh, be careful, incredibly careful about, but it's something that we are also trying to consider moving forward. Jordan says no one could have ever anticipated the current opioid crisis we face. And then there's the stigma the patients face. There's certainly uh, was and still is a lot of stigma um, around this. You know, this person is just gonna is a drug addict and is just gonna reuse. And um, so I think that just is indicative of the stigma that is out there. Um, so we've really done a lot of work in partnership with our community partners to try to address that stigma and you know realize that um, these are people and uh, we need to do all that we can, just as we would for any other patient, such as a stroke patient coming into our doors. The Community, Patient, and Health System Partnership established through BJC does more than help turn around the lives of the addicted. I would say that it's extremely rewarding um, hearing the patient stories, hearing the patients who have gone on to have their kind of low point in our emergency department and now be re on the path to recovery, mending relationships with their families. And that that's what it's really about. It's that connection to purpose of why we do what we do. And particularly working at the corporate level, sometimes you lose a little bit of that connection to purpose. Thanks to Amanda Hayes and Jordan Shapiro from BJC and to all of you for listening to our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at knowledgetransfer at visientinc.com. From the PI Collaborative and Knowledge Transfer teams, I'm Kelly Randall. Remember, knowledge is transformational. Share it.